Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Off Button Show. Your first... Oh, god damn, I fucked it up, Luke. <laughs> See, this three weeks in a row. Three weeks in a row, I fucked up this introduction. Your last source for the news you wanted to hear, and your first source for some of the things you didn't. My name is Squash. Luke, how are you doing today? Or this week, as a matter of fact? Not too bad. It's a little rough getting back into the rhythm after spring break, but not too bad. All Did you party time. hard, my dude? Uh oh yeah. Oh yeah, we're gonna party hard. Did you uh you drink a lot of a lot, lot, lot of brewskis? Them brewskis. I got my, my my brewski right here right now. What what are you drinking? I'm drinking some Cryro Stash Indian IPA. Hmm. Quaint. Yeah. It's pretty pretty good stuff. How quaint. It's like 8% alcohol, so we're gonna see how this goes. <laughs> well I'm I may or may not have puffed on a joint last night. I haven't done that in a long time. Damn. Like a super fucking long time. Like, I, I think <laughs> last time I th that I actually smoked a joint, I was probably like 15. Damn. So we're looking at about seven years ago. <laughs> that's, that's, um, that's, that's, a, that's a long time, man. That's a long time. No doubt about that. Oh, damn. But yeah, so... uh, Yeah, I... I, I had a, an interesting week. Saw some friends, worked a bit, uh, just kind of hung out. It was a good time. Oh, my God. We got a $1 donation during the podcast from Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Very, nice. very much. So, huh, okay. This is a, I really didn't have a whole lot that went on. Um, uh, there's some personal things that I don't want to talk about on mm. the broadcast. Also, hello, Sophie in the chat. I don't usually talk to the chat during the podcast because it's very awkward on Spotify, but I think that I'm finally getting it down. I just have to be very clear that it's like Sophie in the chat every single time. So the listeners on other platforms aren't like jarred by it. Who's Sophie? Everyone in chat is Sophie in the chat. I actually don't know off the top of my head who Sophie R is. I am sad now. I am confused now. Why am I confused? I know a Sophie from... Is it England? Yeah. I think I think I know a Sophie from the UK. Nice. Wow, squash, frowny face. Now I feel bad. <laughs> I am like... I don't know. I had an off week. To, to be 100% to honest, I had a super, super, like, shaky week. It was... It had yeah. its major ups and then its major downs. So there's some big pitfalls. Uh, know? yeah, yeah. Big pitfalls is a, is, I wouldn't call it an understatement, but it's definitely in the right direction of what, uh, of what was going on. So I'm back now, um, trying to start up a YouTube series and I, uh, I'll be asking around for these, for opinions on this. Have you, you know what discord nitro is? Yeah. So it's that. It's a service that has a bunch of free games with it. There's a lot of indie titles on there. And I'm going to start doing reviews on YouTube again, but I'm going to do I'm going to start off at least doing titles from Discord Nitro and over time I'm going to average out the quality of the titles on that platform so that viewers can determine whether or not it's worth it. That's kind of a cool idea. Um it's yeah, I I've already actually reviewed one game that is on there, which is the Warmastered edition of Darksiders. Oh, nice. Okay. Sophie, did I meet you in Winnikin's stream? Shit. 
just a random question to the chat. I just I I'm trying to figure this out because it's going to be itching at the back of my head for for all time now. I'm I'm it's going to be it's going to bother me. Um, but in any case, we have a very eclectic group of things to talk about today. Uh, Quite the news week, honestly. Yeah, and no vaccination stories. thank god okay but we do have a story about uh cracking down on bacteria so superbugs have colonized the international space station so if you're not familiar with a superbug the tldr is that it is a a bacteria or a virus typically it's a bacteria because you can't do a whole lot to combat viruses uh, typically it's a bacteria that is extremely strong because it's been exposed to some incredibly harsh environments. So one of the things about over using antibiotics too much is that you're making these, mm. you're forcing the evolution of the bacteria faster. They're yeah. adapting to these measures that we take. So there's bacteria that have been in the ISS dealing with high amounts of radiation, uh, a lack of gravity, some of the harshest conditions that they can possibly be involved with and they've become stronger. So Luke, as our resident science man, are we doomed? (laughs) Uh, Probably not. They're not going to kill everyone at this point right now, but it is evolution. So it is a gradual process. So I'm not going to get space herpes from one of the astronauts coming back from Probably not yet. We That's... haven't gotten to the point where we've got like widespread bacteria that are completely antibiotic, um, um, completely immune to antibiotics. But like, it is definitely a possibility, and we can see that evolution going on in front of us. Yeah, well, it's it's just it's it's frightening because bacteria. I mean, we we often take our medical advancements for granted here. I mean, things like the flu have been fatal for the majority of human history. So it's always always that that classic case of like looking back on some famous person who died and like, oh, wait, we could have killed them with like two pills right now. Yeah, we could have cured them. And it's like, uh, what was it? It was family guy when they're in an alternate reality and Quagmire walks out of his house and they're like a thousand years more advanced than we are. And he's like. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I got AIDS again. I better take my Tylenol cold flu and AIDS. And he just takes this, <laughs> this pill and it's gone. Um, oh so it is, it's, we, we, we definitely take our advancements for granted and mm-hmm. we sort of don't take, you know, the word bacteria. We don't take that threat as seriously as we often should. I think gen- the a- general public doesn't. We've had such a great antibacterial medications for so long that it's kind of, we don't really see the threat in it as much as like we do viruses and stuff like that and some other bacteria. Well, and the other big, I mean, the, the other threat here is that you're, you're looking at um, physiological stress they mention here. Like these astronauts mm. are more likely to succumb to illness. Uh, absolutely. When they're up there. So just definitely interesting. But the silver lining is that there is a a coding agxx is what it's called and they used it on the toilet door and uh it worked i guess extremely well 
Yeah, apparently it's a it's a mixture of um silver and another compound. Like silver's always been known is it yeah, yeah. Yeah. Silver's always been known to be like antibacterial, but like they were like like massively more effective with this mixture of something. Uh yeah, ruthidium. Mm-hmm. Something like eighty percent more effective than just bare steel and like eighty versus thirty percent. And you're talking about they're talking about no bacteria being recovered from the surfaces that were coated with this. So interestingly mm-hmm. enough, this could be another one of those things that the general public will have access to that is a direct result oh, yeah. of the space program. Velcro. Yeah. Ba- mi- microwaves. Actually, <laughs> no, I think microwaves were not involved with the space program. I think that may have been something else. But Velcro for sure was invented because of uh, of the space program. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Tons of advancements. So happy science. <clears throat> this is a happy science story, Chet. The bacteria is gone. But if there's any one that they missed that's surviving there, it's probably Hulk-like. So, (laughs) back off. It shall destroy humanity. Yeah, well, it's just, it's freaky. I mean, we could, we have such control over the evolution of of us, of ourselves. I mean, we're coming to, and our environments. We're coming to a point where, we are going to be the first, not us, but generations following us, will be the first generations that get to selectively evolve, which is insane. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you oh, know. Did we hear about that? Did you hear about that article from, um, I want to say it was China, a scientist in China, like, um, genetically altered the first yes. human beings? I, uh, the, yeah. yeah, I heard about this. Uh, it must have been like last month. Um, yeah, I didn't yeah, find any articles good. on it that I thought were horribly reputable, but mm. as more of this Definitely. news is coming out, it's become more and more legit as to yeah. what it is that he did. Uh, yeah, and it's it's just there's dangerous. No, there's no way. Yeah, it's da- he's a, you're talking about a mad scientist. I mean, he it's he had no oversight at all. Well, that's the thing is that it was scientists have been looking at this. They know what's going to happen eventually, but they wanted to be prepared for this and develop a procedure for doing this. And it, yeah, it was not exactly done well. So, Oh no, no, not at all. That's a whole nother. Yeah. That's a whole nother can of worms. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) But yeah. So the super bacteria is no more. Uh, We're killing it with silver. Yeah. yeah, We're killing it with silver. It's like, uh, like a werewolf or something. Or is that Dracula? <laughs> I can't fucking remember now. Well, in any case. So you all are familiar with the Hiroshima atomic bombing. And if you're not for some reason, here's the TLDR on that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. Japan bombed Pearl, uh, Pearl Harbor. And then we bombed Japan with an atomic weapon. <laughs> A massive atomic weapon. Now, it's not massive by today's standards. It's actually quite minuscule by today's standards. But an atomic weapon blows any conventional weapon pretty much out of the water. If you're talking about one giant, massive fireball of death. And it's huge. You see footage of these things, and the the mushroom clouds tower miles into the air. In fact, the the Tsar Bomba mushroom cloud stretched... Like through the atmosphere, it was something like thirty-five miles. kilometers. 50 yeah, miles in the fifty air. miles into the straight into the sky. It would have been ten miles. Is that ten miles below the ISS? Is the ISS at sixty? No, the ISS is at um three hundred. 
400 kilometers. 400 kilometers, okay. But still, it was large enough that the plane that dropped the bomb was supposed to be destroyed by it. Mm. Like, that that photo of the mushroom cloud should never have been recovered. (laughs) But... It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely a problem with dropping atomic weapons is that you... Well, gravity weapons are just horribly... I mean... The problem is that now, if you have one that's large enough that you want to use, chances are you're going to get shot out of the sky. Like, like your pilot's doomed. You have to have an automated system to do it. But Yeah. Yeah, uh, so, so the, the Hiroshima bomb, little boy, was 12, uh, 12, between 12 and 18 kilotons of TNT. 12 versus the 50, tons of TNT. Yeah, versus like the 50 megatons of the Tsar. 50 megatons was the Tsar bomba, yeah. Yeah. So you're looking at a massive power differential. Yeah. But when you're as small as we are, it doesn't really matter, right? They're huge. Well, a meteor exploded in the Earth's atmosphere uh, with 10 times the energy of the Hiroshima atomic bomb, which is still small compared to the Tsar Bomba, but is massive. You have to remember that and the no one Hiroshima caught it. bomb... Mm. Nobody caught it until like months after or weeks at days months it was something like that but basically what happened is that uh, when meteors come through the atmosphere they burn up and there's a bit of a an explosion usually um it's not easy to enter the atmosphere you're going from absolutely zero resistance in space to uh a ton of resistance in the atmosphere, all of these particles, all of this new matter being introduced to your flight path. The heating, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's a mess for that poor meteorite. I mean, I feel bad. Poor I feel bad for it. Vaporized. Could you imagine your pet rock getting vaporized that way? <laughs> A couple thousand degrees Celsius, yeah. And here's the thing, is that they only noticed it because of the images of this happening. Um... <laughs> That the ISS took. I think it was the ISS. So no, let's um, Japan. Um, oh, the Himawari satellite. Um, yes. Okay, and they're like super high def. Yeah. This little. Uh, for those of you who are listening on um, on other platforms, you can't see this, but I highly recommend that you look this up, because it is so absurdly small. <laughs> We're talking about this little orange speck. I just accidentally zoomed back out. Son of a bitch. We got, we got a smooth show here for you guys. That speck is an explosion ten times as powerful as the Hiroshima atomic bomb. Mm, yep. Ten goddamn times. That is absurd. <laughs> Pretty insane. We are so small. We are so insignificant. Like, and I don't mean, I don't mean to sound like nihilistic when I say this. It's just, it's a fact. We are not what I would call, um, the most, uh, big impactful species. (laughs) An an explosion that big, if it hit a city, would kill everybody in it. Kill 100,000 people. Yeah. Or... Or more. You could hit seven figures mm-hmm. if it's in the right spot, like Mumbai or something like that. Oh, yeah. So, and just nobody fucking noticed. 
It's like when I try when I try to do something at work, like I'll I'll organize the shoes or <laughs> and like the Isn't managers the just they just don't notice. I don't get any more hours sometimes, even though I put in the work. You know what I'm saying, Luke? That's always the worst, man. It's the worst. Oh, man, I'm trying, but I just can't get no satisfaction. But here's the thing, right? Is that Luke noticed this? NASA has a planetary defense office and a planetary defense officer. Is that like the master chief? <laughs> like, are they, is he a badass? In fact, I need to fucking look at this guy. I need to see this guy's face. Defending the planet. Does this look like the man you want to, okay, that's not, that's not him. Uh, what's his, what's his fucking name? Uh, Lindley. 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 Okay, I already don't fucking want this guy to defend me. Lindley Johnson. Damn. Um, yeah, I don't think we're going to get... Maybe? I mean, if you have a title like Planetary Defense Officer, you should be the most popular guy on the face of the Earth. The Planetary Society has got a picture of him. I mean, this is the first guy that deals with aliens. <laughs> Defending his aliens. Oh, what's that? But yeah, it's just... It's Defender wild. It's whack. It's whack, Luke. The defender of the universe. And hey, guys, we have more science. We have science an article here around. about five different ways that the human race could wind up being extinct. So, uh, asteroid and comet strike—that one's easy. Uh, you ever see? Uh, mm. You ever see uh, Littlefoot and all of her friends in the Land Before Time? <laughs> see, when they say time, they actually mean the land before uh, the land before the planet got fucked by a giant space rock. <laughs> let's see here we also have a, a gamma ray burst so yeah, we, we actually have a solar storm on the way I think like it's it's, it's gonna be happen, occurring really? soon yeah I, mm. uh, Ryan had told me about it um, or Jess had seen an article or something and uh, mm. and by the way Ryan is my brother and Jess is a friend just because we just introduced two new names with no uh, with no context but Throwing out names, man. Throwing them out. A gamma ray burst is like a solar storm on, like, steroids. You're looking at okay, two it's... neutron stars getting laid. Or multiple stars getting, like, you're talking about, like, a ton of energy. You could take any two stars, right? An ungodly amount of energy. Immeasurable, as a matter of fact. I mean, I don't know if there's, if there's a way to exactly quantify the amount of energy that a star has. You can quantify the amount that it emits... But, like, over a period of billions of years, I don't know how I'd quantify that. Like, what number would you would you come up with? I can't even think of it. Like, I mean, Didn't they start it... using, like, units of measurement equal to, like, the mass and, like, volume of the sun? Isn't that a <laughs> solar mass? You can, yeah, you can measure things in solar masses. You know how big the sun is? Does that really quantify it to us? Or does it just make it more abstract? Yeah, it's the imploding. Okay, yeah. I was just making sure I got it right. Gamma ray burst is the implosion of a star after it dies. And it releases a ton of energy. So that's that's after the part where it expands and gets fat, which we'll talk about soon. Oh, yeah, that's right. So there's that. But then this next point pisses me off, right? This is a stupid point in this article. Forbes. I'm looking at you, Ow, Forbes. All right, so here's what here's what we got here. Right? Or number three, a random encounter. Oh, yeah. Oh, ha! You know what else is a random encounter? A, a gamma ray burst in an asteroid. 
random encounters. Incredibly random, actually. <laughs> In fact, they're so random that uh, they, they don't happen very often. They, I mean, they, they do happen <laughs> often enough that we know one will occur in the future, but I would call them random. This is just a, a repeat. They're, but what they're referring to is like a random encounter with, a, with a, a new star passing through our solar system or a black hole that we didn't see passing through our solar system. Don't call, just say a black hole. Just say a black hole, you stupid piece of shit. Okay, now moving on. A supernova, which is the boom boom. It's the opposite of a gamma ray burst, but equally deadly. And then you all know what a supernova is. If I have to explain that, then dear God, I worry about my audience. <laughs> and moving on, the sun's going to get fat and incinerate us. It's going to expand, boil the oceans, boil your blood, and leave everything just... Basically, we'll be a giant desert planet. We'll be mercuryized. And then we'll be eaten. So, that's cool. We've talked about some happy science, some sad science. We had to get the sad science in to balance out the happy stuff. But now... Who is... There's no way we could ever have a happy podcast. It's not right, man. No, no. It, it, it just can't happen, man. It's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Um, but we're going to move on to this article. So, I want to, I want to bring up this point. The article I'm about to talk about is from the Daily Wire. It is a conservative news publication uh, that's not a horribly relevant given what we're talking about here but it is prototypical of conservative news publications to get scientific shit wrong or to get basic fucking definitions of shit wrong <laughs> so the uh, article is titled award-winning physicist science does not kill god the dramatic dramatic pause and then it starts in Plato's Apology, it talks about uh, how he quotes the Greek philosopher Socrates, who basically tells um, one of his other, uh, of a colleague, that he's agnostic. The quote is, Although I do not suppose that either of us knows anything really beautiful and good, I am better off than he is, for he knows nothing and thinks that he knows, and I neither know nor think that I know. So, basically, Socrates said he was, an, he was agnostic. All well and good. Yeah. But now we got to talk about this award-winning physicist. So when you hear the words "award-winning physicist," why do you think he won the award? Why would you think, Luke? Maybe he did something in physics that was important. Oh no, no! You're dumb, man. You fucking how oh, the fuck damn. are you in college? Oh damn! Come yeah, on. Yeah, no, no. He uh, he got a Templeton Prize. Here's here's the requirement: somebody who has made an exceptional contribution to affirming life's spiritual dimension that's what he has to do he didn't win a fucking prize in physics so and so that's it's a very misleading title <laughs> and one of the things mm -hmm. that he had to say and by the way the in this article they boast that the prize comes with 1.5 million dollars which is more than the winners of the nobel prizes receive and it's like why did why, why did you throw you that one in there the value of the prize oh my god it's just stupid okay. Yeah, and by the way, the Dalai Lama won this award before, so it's not, it, you can't be like, well, he's a scientist that, like, he's, but he's religious. Like, no, the Dalai Lama ain't a fucking scientist. Do you understand me? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be a scientist to get this award. It's not one of those things. So, this quote angers me. So we're going to read it. By the way, the man's name, the scientist's name is Marcelo. Glazer. I actually looked at the pronunciation this week because I didn't want to fuck that up. Um, 
And what he says is that atheism is inconsistent with the scientific method. Atheism is a belief in non-belief, so you categorically deny something you have no evidence against. So, I had a conversation recently with somebody, as well, and they basically said, well, I don't know if I can call myself an atheist because I would, I would be denying everything that religious institutions have come up with, including the Gregorian calendar. This is wrong. This is absolutely wrong. Morals, discovery, and religion are not, in, are not at all linked. Their histories are linked, but they as principles and ideas aren't. The Gregorian calendar has absolutely nothing to do with religion. Exactly. Because the church invented it. Like fucking a, a religious man hypothesized gravity. I can't believe in gravity now. <laughs> Let me just drop this fucking phone. It dropped. It hit the fucking ground. I guess I'm not atheist. Stupid. So, oh, um, I would like to clear something up. If you call yourself an agnostic, you're only giving about half of what you're supposed to be giving the individual asking about your religion. If you call yourself an atheist, you can, you're also not giving enough information. So, you have a spectrum here. An XY sort of a graph, if you will. And much like the politiscales graph, it describes your religious affiliation. So, you have atheism and ag... Agnosticism, the A. So, if you take the root words there, you have Gnosticism and Theism. Your Theism describes only your religious affiliation, and then your Gnosticism describes how certain you are of the uh, of your religious beliefs. If you're agnostic, you can be an agnostic theist. You it would it would require some mental gymnastics, but you can be. It would sort of defeat the purpose of having a faith if you didn't really think that it was legit but an agnostic person just doesn't know they're okay with not knowing about something as complicated as this an atheist is somebody who believes that uh there is that doesn't believe in a god you can be an agnostic atheist like you can be an atheist but be open to Evidence to support, like scientific evidence that could support the existence of a higher power. That would make you an agnostic atheist. The issue that I have with this article more than anything else, and I want to let Luke talk because I'm fucking talking over him right now. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> um, you got to have a soapbox, man. You got to have a soapbox. Yeah, it's because he is conflating two things that are completely unrelated. Gnostic atheists, if you're talking about like a debate scenario an atheist that says there is no god is as disingenuous as somebody who says there is for sure a god because it's an unfalsifiable and an unverifiable statement you can't prove it you can't disprove it this guy's yeah. full of shit and he's a millionaire i want to remind you <laughs> he's a millionaire yeah i think given the fact that he won an award for um, affirming life's spiritual dimension, it's kind of surprising that he would make this mistake. But I believe he made this mistake accidentally. I would like to think that too. Because then you're just spreading misinformation accidentally and like check your information. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. 
check. Well, check and the thing is, it doesn't help that he has a life. he has a bias. He has a reason to spread misinformation. I mean, he if you're looking at and and the things that the publication has the reason to perpetuate this misinformation as well. Their viewers don't mind it. It oh, yeah. validates. Well, it's a it's a it's a good article. Award award winning physicist. Science does not kill God. And the thing is that that point, the point the that he makes at the end actually isn't horrible. He says, um, the last two paragraphs read as follows: For those who believe the Earth was literally created in six days, Glazier has a few thoughts. They position science as the enemy because they have a very antiquated way of thinking about science and religion in which all scientists try to kill God. Science does not kill God. I think this mm. is a totally fine point. My issue is that I hate it when people weasel their way out of the word atheist. It's annoying. Or socialist. Like, we have socialist programs in the U.S. The military is a socialist program. Public education is a socialist program. So yeah. is social security. So, but if anyone, if you use the word socialist to describe your political affiliation, or to describe a piece of your political affiliation, uh, you're nuts. Because <laughs> you're it's, never going to get votes, man. You're, you're screwed. Yeah, it, it's it's it is. What the hell did John Tron say? But fuck insane. But fuck insane is what it is. He was talking about uh, about Dan Aykroyd, but I'm talking about socialist. We we have a very we selectively decide when language matters, mm. and the importance of actual definitions matter, and we twist and contort things to suit personal narratives. And as a guy who goes by squash on the internet. I'm here to squash that crap, you bitch. But yeah, I just, I don't like, I don't like the, anything disingenuous like this. The title is disingenuous, his characterization of atheists is disingenuous, the whole thing is disingenuous. If you wanted to make an argument that atheism basically is against the scientific method, you could make the argument in the direction of Gnostic atheists. You can. They are denying the possibility that something exists and using a lack of evidence as sufficient evidence, which is, that's not sound. That's not a sound argument to use. Mm. You could debate that. Well, that's, yeah. But I'm getting grouped in that's with these nihilists because everybody wants to use the word atheist to describe people that, to describe a very, very large group of people. In fact, if, if you don't go to church, if you don't actively have a faith that you can characterize you're an atheist more than likely but people use the word agnostic because atheism is a taboo thing still it's really not not where i live mm. but i'm sure it's taboo some places like the middle east or the south <laughs> well that's like that's what his main mistake was was not differentiating between those two different fields of atheism yeah well you know you win some you lose some you win some, you lose some, I guess. So we're going to move on from there to some stories about Halo. Yes, we, yes we're a gaming and news show. Mm. Uh, we're finally going to talk about some gaming today. Topics, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I have been every day <laughs> looking for info on a release date for the Master Chief Collection. And I'm sure some of you have been too, because... 
it, I'm I'm so excited about seeing that game on PC. Awesome. It's gonna be lit. It's gonna be litty on my titty. But 343 has openly said they are hesitant to commit to a Halo Master Chief Collection PC launch date because they don't really know how long it's going to take. And they don't want to feel rushed. They don't want to yeah. no man's sky this project. <laughs> Thank God. Thank, yeah, exactly. I'm like, as much as I, I'm like, I want a release date. No. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind that they're taking their time with a little bit. They, and that, that just shows... It unfortunately shows that they're probably not as far along as we would like them to be. I think they've probably got quite a ways to go. Well, I'm I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm hoping they're at least close on Halo Reach because otherwise it would kind of... I'd be confused as to why they would decide to announce it. Yeah, true. And they also have... They have two studio subsidiaries of 343 working on this the optimization of these games. Yeah, just this topic. Because they're doing a ton. I mean, they're... They're moving to uh, supporting windowed mode for Halo games. 21x9, 16x9, 16x10, 3x2, and 4x3. They're going to support 144Hz refresh rates across every single game. FOV adjustability, which has to be geared differently for every Mm. single game. Um, And another detail, Halo 5 is not coming to PC. Now... I know that that's obvious. That that might sound obvious because they're like, well, it's not part of the Master Chief Collection, but it is a Halo game, and it's I think like it will eventually. Yeah, well, three four three is not working on it. That's that's the main thing is that they have no yeah. no current plans to bring over Halo Five. Is what they're uh, what they are quoted as saying. Um, but you know, a, a release wouldn't shock me in the slightest. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't be too shocked if uh, if somewhere down the line. It became part of the Master Chief Collection. Yeah, maybe that like would a, make sense. Yeah, maybe like within a year after Infinite releases, mm-hmm. I, I could imagine that happening. So that's the first Halo yeah. story. And by the way, Luke, have you ever had like a really bad experience with a game that you've been super hyped for? Like, have you ever, other than like No Man's Sky? Yeah. What game would that be? Uh, I had kind of an interesting experience and kind of a, a misconception about Arma 3. Mm. I didn't think Arma 3 was what it ended up being. Granted, that's not a, that's not a brag. That's not a, um, a against uh, Arma 3. Nothing anyway. against that game. It wasn't like a, yeah. the devs messed up or anything. No. I mean, it's a great game for what it does, but it was just not what I expected it to be. Okay. I just want to, I want to mention that because Chad, I'm warning you. Don't freak out too much. Like I'm having a hard time not freaking out over Halo on PC. <laughs> but if you get your hopes up and you climb that fucking it's rock wall and then you get knocked off of it, sad day. The fall's gonna be bad. Yes, it is. But we actually yeah, have two yeah. more stories in this about Halo specifically. As a matter of fact, they're the only they are I think that's three of the five gaming stories today <laughs> are about Halo. Yeah. Can you tell we're a little excited about Halo? Oh, we have somebody in the Discord. Noobkilla says, I've been burned by hype only once. After that, I know that the hype is fun and all, but I don't expect a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. I got burned by No Man's Sky real bad. Uh, Yeah. I, you know, because the idea of space travel without loading screens and being that smooth, that's my dream of a game. 
and the No Man's yeah. Sky, I remember being enthralled with it for the first like four hours, just being like, I just flew into space. I flew into space. And there was no loading screens. There was like, <laughs> I was amazed by it. And then I just, I just uh-huh. flew to another planet. Nonchalantly flew to another mm-hmm. planet. It was amazing. But it was an empty world. I got too excited over, over features that aren't necessarily the crux of what the game is. You know, mm-hmm. like they didn't, yeah. they didn't have, uh, what, what would you call it? They didn't have a game there. They had a, they had a fucking demo. Yeah, they had a concept, they had a, a world to play in, but there was nothing to play with in the world. And they dug themselves yeah. out of the proverbial grave, which is fantastic, <laughs> but most games don't do that. I wouldn't expect that with this, but there's always a chance that the optimization might wind up being shit on PC. You never know. Mm. I imagine it's not going to be bad. Microsoft is going balls to the wall with... You know, with announcing this and making sure that the world knows. And honestly, I think this is a direct response to the Halo Online debacle last year. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. Because for a short period, there were more Halo Online players than Halo 5 players. And it's like, wow, really? That's Mm. nuts. Um, And there's still, you know, there's still people who get on Halo Online all the time. Still play groups. Absolutely can't stream it that's the that's the bummer for me but you know you win some you lose some and we're gonna win this one we're gonna win this one chat because we're gonna get the win we're gonna get the best shooting franchise of all time and if you fucking come into my chat and you're like oh what about quake what what about what about battlefield you can you can lick my (laughs) you can lick my clit because god damn it halo is my shit that's a rhyme real good that's a rhyme right on time we're gonna go ahead and move on to the next halo story which is, uh, I was wrong. I was wrong about this game in that I believed that it for sure was going to be part of the Play Anywhere initiative. But it's not. What do you think about that, Luke? No crossplay. It would make sense to make it a Play Anywhere initiative. I mean, I understand the idea of mouse versus controller, but like, it's such a common game that everyone loves to play and everyone's so hyped about it. I don't know why they wouldn't do crossplay with this game. See, and one thing this title is also the title of the title of this article, excuse me, is also not horribly genuine because they're not saying that it's never going to happen. They're saying that it's not oh, yeah. planned. Not first. They don't really know yeah. they don't they don't really have the best idea right now about whether or not they think that's going to work. And it it's interesting to me because I get why they might not want to do it. I've I've heard some arguments about it. I've heard the idea, or I've I've proposed the idea, and I haven't heard anybody else agree with me on this. That maybe console players might have a huge advantage because they've been playing Halo for however many games. Um, I mean, and and Noob Killa in the chat here brings up a very interesting point. If there's no crossplay, mods are more viable. Mods can make crossplay a mess. Oh, that's true. But another point. I modded my Halo. I modded Halo Reach with a USB stick. It's possible. And the other thing is that the Microsoft has taken steps to basically turn the Xbox One into a home computer for super cheap. You can now yeah. use my mouse and keyboards on some yeah. Xbox One uh, One games. You can. 
And th that's the big thing, obviously, is the control mechanism being equal for everybody. A PC player can use mm -hmm. a controller and a, con and a console player can use a mouse and keyboard. Yeah. And it's definitely... funny because this marketing, if they did this shit back when the Xbox One released, they would have, I, I believe wholeheartedly, they would have blown Sony so far out of the water. <laughs> I mean, easy. But they were like, yeah. we want this to be your all-in-one entertainment system. Connect. Netflix and maybe some games. Maybe we're not gonna have any decent ones on launch though because Connect games. It it was it was so bad. Their marketing was awful. But yeah. now they're Microsoft's been making the big boy good decisions, so I'm hoping that this actually winds up being a very good decision for them. Uh, Noob Killer in the Discord also says that xbox one is pretty much a budget gaming rig with keyboard support now and uh you're mm. you're right you're absolutely right and uh i <laughs> i love crossplay. i love the play anywhere initiative i think that's it's the best thing that microsoft has done other than bringing halo to pc yeah. but what do you think about the whole mod thing that new brought up just from somebody that maybe i don't know if you've had more experience with them than me I think I think that just because you wouldn't so I think if you enable crossplay you would still be able to play by yourself with your own mods or play with other PC gamers who had their own mods installed on their own PC and you just might might not be able to play modded with other uh console gamers well, if you that, couldn't mod console What, what, I don't what can know the why. Xbox one handle too that's that's the other big thing is that True there are some mods that might actually Absolutely. cause like like issues with the hardware in there. Well, I mean, it's like Xbox will never be able to run Halo at anything close to what a, a modern PC could, like a really high-end PC could. No, no. Even my computer, I imagine that with uh, like Halo Reach, I, mm. I imagine I'll be running that at like probably 60 frames, 144 hertz, 1080p. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Way above 60 frames, I think. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, and there were mods that I used that messed with with, with my Xbox. There, you, So in uh, Halo Reach and Halo 3, and I think in pretty much every Halo Forge mode except for maybe 5, there were caps on the amount of items that you could use. Oh, so yeah. I removed the cap with the mod... And you would get to the point where every single little component that you had put in there was like, like twitching and glitching. Oh yeah, the, it just yeah. couldn't handle it. So the next question that I'd like to pose to you is: Do you think that Halo Infinite's going to be crossplay? That's a good question because I I don't know, I don't know what their justification is for not bringing. Uh, the Master Chief Collection to Xbox Play Anywhere. Because if you could, if their justification is that it's, it's like an older game and they don't want to put in the effort to put in crossplay, which doesn't make a lot of sense. They have to know this is going to sell well. They have to know this is going to, yeah. Oh, on PC? Oh, of course. Yeah, this is going to be just blowout. But like, if they're not doing it for another reason, like they don't want to include PC and console gamers together for, I don't even know what they would, what justification they'd have for that then they that would that reasoning would extend to infinite i don't yeah so i think my my guess 
is that Halo Infinite is being made from the ground up to... It could be made from the ground up with the idea that this is this game is going to have crossplay, but that none of the games in the Master Chief Collection, including the ones that were on PC, ever had to deal with crossplay. Mm. That idea, Halo, even Halo Four, you didn't ever have anybody postulating Halo Four crossplay, because that was back oh, in no. like what 2012. Yeah. So, I think that it's more likely that Halo Infinite on launch will have crossplay, and even more likely that Halo Infinite somewhere down the line will have crossplay. Crossplay. Now, it's just uh, a guessing game, I guess. Yeah, because I don't know if they would. Because it doesn't, I, I don't know enough behind the technology and the programming behind it to know a reason why an older game wouldn't be able to be incorporated into crossplay. I think you the big thing is how into. aiming at, aiming works and how movement works on a hmm. console versus a PC game, particularly with like a aim assist. But you know, True. if you can already play with a mouse and keyboard on the Xbox, that's really the part that throws me off. Is like you can already play yeah. without aim assist on a mouse and a keyboard. They deal mm. with this already. So. Yeah. I don't know, chat. I'm lost, chat. I don't know. I, I really don't. So that's a bummer for some people, and it also means I, I, I think that you have to buy a new copy of the game if you already own it. That's, that's another thing. I don't know. Even if you don't include cross-play, why can't you include cross-buy? Like, See, buy the game yeah, for both consoles. I agree with that. I, I really do. I, the thing is that, well, this yeah. is going to make a lot of money no matter what they do. So they're probably like, well, let's just charge them for it. Then. <laughs> uh, I can't blame that. Queen's every last cent. I can't blame them for, the, for, for, for thinking that way, if that is the case. But it is kind of like, oh, well, I think for, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I, think for, yeah. I think for people who have already bought the game, it might make sense not to include the PC version. But like in the future, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. And then the last Halo uh, story here is that Microsoft's going to have beta tests for future Halo PC releases, including this, because they're releasing it in parts. Mm. And we're not going to get anthemed. Oh, Noobkiller no. in the chat once again has a comment here. Console uses floating values for aiming. PC uses hard values to the decimal. Oh, that creates problems, doesn't it? I wish I knew more about what those things were. You see, I'm a guy who owns... Point number versus a hard value, yeah. Interesting. So it's like a... a So could you explain what that is to me really quick? Huh? Could you explain to me exactly what that means, if you know? I'm I'm pretty sure it's it's a, a differentiation in the way the numbers are stored and the type of... Not the type of memory, but the way they're they're stored in the program. The numbers for aiming is stored, mm. like a floating point number versus a hard code or a hard uh, to the decimal point number, like he was talking about. And it's to compensate for the thumbsticks because that's what that's what Noob just said is the flow value is to weed mm. out noise in the thumbstick because thumbsticks have dead zones in movement. Um, yeah. So when it's dead, I assume that it basically assumes where your where the thumb where the thumbstick is and keeps moving in that direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, interesting. Very interesting. So I guess a 
you know, reprogramming from the bottom up for infinite might give them an advantage there. Hmm. And the thumbstick yeah, is not outputting a perfect zero when the stick is in its neutral. Oh yeah, no, not absolutely not. They have yeah. to compensate for that difference somehow. I never knew that that's how that worked, though. That's interesting. I didn't know there was such a massive difference in the way that it was programmed. Hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, Halo Reach might be the first preview, so that'll be pretty cool. If we, if we can get in on that, we'll be streaming that for sure. <laughs> I had a question, Luke. Yeah. Did, did you play a lot of Halo growing up? Not really. Other than with you guys, no. I was going to ask you if you had a particular favorite. Not really. Um, I didn't. Yeah, I just didn't play enough of them, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the only the only Halo I ever really played was with you guys in high school. Well, I didn't have a. I didn't really have my own other. And I was a Nintendo guy, so unfortunately, I did not have an Xbox or a PS uh, Xbox. So yeah, Luke was a toxic male, <laughs> saving damsels in distress, cutting turtle over dragons. Oh, Zelda man. Hell yeah, man. (laughs) Hell yeah. But that was the last Halo story. I'm excited for the betas. I I really am. That's going to be fantastic. But moving on from there. I might get in on that. Should be fun. Oh, hell yeah, dude. We could totally play that. Looks like good time. Noob Killa in the Discord says, Yay, game programming major over here. Hey, and by the way, let me know when you need that voice acting (laughs) done. Damn you. Get that script written. (laughs) Get your script writer going because I need work even if it's unpaid i don't care uh but the next story is titled black panther and captain marvel are paving the way for a more inclusive mcu by the way the next two stories are kind of social uh cultural social stories is it fast enough is it evolving fast enough so i want to ask you luke is it i don't quite understand it's 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 an interesting question because What's your metric? What is what is fast enough? What is is there a certain rate at which we should be evolving? I think. And what is the con- is- yeah exactly? What is the consequence of yeah like okay so we can move faster but is faster better is faster the goal is I don't know are we moving fast enough? That's just an ambiguous question. But like I think progress and we see progress here is good. And I think progress is going to happen at whatever rate it kind of wants to happen. I don't think you can really. Well, yeah. that's the thing is that I think, I think a lot of these social. Yeah, I think you're you're hitting the nail on the head here. These social justice types, I think that, and I hate to use that because it's a pejorative, and not a lot of these, a lot of people that would make this point don't fall into that category. But I have to to get the the general idea of who these people are, <laughs> and hmm. I think they fundamentally don't understand art at times so the slow roll usually pays off usually does yeah, yeah. so you can make the argument okay so look at the, th- the the main cast of the marvel movies the the guys who have carried the mcu so far you're looking at captain america iron man yeah. thor black widow the hulk uh i would say Black Panther has done quite a bit to carry the MCU. Spider-Man has as well. Then the Guardians of the Galaxy, of course. Yeah. Overwhelmingly white. Overwhelmingly Mm -hmm. male. Now, the question is, is that indicative of 
society or is that indicative of past society? Where does the source material yeah, come from? The nineteen forties, thirties, fifties, until now. And the vast majority of that time was spent with white males being the domineering force in the in the comic book industry, which they still are, and in the characterization of comic book characters. So I don't believe that it's indicative of the MCU's direction. I don't think it's indicative oh, of the intent not. of Kevin Feige or well, anything like that. I think that's a ridiculous thing to postulate. Well, it's even like they, they started with the well-known common characters who were well-established, who just happened to be majority white, majority male. And they're also, they're still, as now, they're bringing in other characters in the MCU who are not that. Well, not to mention, I think that... <sighs> This is a, the the diversity thing is a hard conversation to have because I don't like the way that people are categorized. Like, I don't I don't like that that categorization because that cast that I just brought up, despite those shared qualities, is a very diverse cast of characters. That's why these movies. That's why the movies have worked so well, at least to me. Uh, And, Mm. you know, we're. You're looking at like Tony, Tony, Cap, and Thor. Behaviorally, not even close to similar. And yeah, you're looking at this article here, and it mentions that Stanley. One of the most important things to him, and this is absolutely true. He used to write at the end of his magazines a column oh, called yeah. Stan's Soapbox. This dude has been championing social justice and progression for. A very, very long time. You you can go back and read those, and they're pretty impressive. But, and the thing is that I think he kind of gets, one, he's a marketer. He was. Marvel is good at marketing. And back yeah. in the day, marketing a white character was easier. The big thing here mm. is that people want immediate, and Dave just brought this up in the chat, and we're very much in sync right now, immediate validation. For your personal identity, among other things. And this, is, this isn't how good movies get made. You have to give it time. You, you have to create something. Oh, yeah. A story that is worth reading. A movie that is worth watching. And well, you, li- like, you can't just yeah. bank on identity. And that's where I'm worried about Captain Marvel. I haven't actually watched Captain Marvel yet. Uh, and I, I need to. I almost watched it uh, yesterday with the guys. But. Oh, yeah. I can't I can't judge it yet, but look at the Ghostbusters reboot. The all-female Ghostbusters reboot. That was a complete mess. It was a travesty of a movie, and it's because it only existed to empower women in the role of Ghostbusters. And that's the thing, is that you need to create a story that makes sense. You need to create a story that is worthwhile as a story... Without, like, if you were to take all the racial characterization away from the characters, unless they are integral to the plot of the story, like in, let's say, um, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. So -hmm. if you take a superhero, right, Iron Man, or let's say Captain America, and you remove their gender, their, (laughs) their ethnicity, and all of that, how, and you can replace it, how much worse does the story get? 
Yeah, exactly. They don't change. Not much at all. They do change yeah. with Captain Marvel and Black Panther. I think they fundamentally do. Because they are, they are, Marvel is approaching the more social side, and I'm glad they're doing this because this is important for the X-Men. If you want to integrate the X-Men, you have to engage in social politics. They're starting hmm. to just dance with that a bit. Because the X-Men is all about, yeah. is an allegory for racism. It's an allegory for genocide and just blind hatred. True. true so true. They're, they're walking in the right direction. I think they're dancing in the right direction here. I think oh, that absolutely. to postulate that they are not going fast enough is absurd. I think yeah. that's unfair. I know that I the think... MCU is 10 years old. I get that. And I understand that there hasn't been a single movie that has been fronted by an individual female lead yet after 20 of them. <laughs> but we got one, right? We got Captain Marvel. And there's going to yeah. be more down the line. And the thing is that it's not... And Captain Marvel receiving the kind of mixed reception that it has. Because from what I can tell, it's it's one, it's one like it's an enjoyable Marvel movie is what I've heard. But I haven't heard that uh, it's astonishing. You can't chalk yeah. that up to sexism. Look at Wonder Woman. That movie no, kicked ass. Not. It's not a... Yeah, Wonder Woman was a complete one-on-one, basically. Yeah, absolutely. It was an amazing movie. But... You know, well, I think that, that yeah, I think it's important uh, to just like the source material did observe the world around you. They're trying to do yeah. that. But if you rush that, you're going to ruin that. You're going to come off as preachy. You're not going to have an, a movie that engages with its audience. You're going to have a movie that tells its audience what to think. And you you, you shouldn't do that. That's the difference between the success of a movie like. Um, the Ghostbusters movie and a movie like Captain America Civil War that poses a question to the audience or the X-Men movies dealing with a character like Magneto, for instance, Holocaust survivor, afraid that he sees another Holocaust on the on the horizon, humans killing off the mutants. So yep. he proposes that perhaps they're superior. Uh, the mutants are physically superior, so he's like, well, maybe we should be the ones to holocaust them because they're, you know, we're superior. We're, we're, we're the future. There you go. So yeah. it's like you have a character that is layered uh, that, that, and that in and of themselves has a, is related to some kind of social circumstance. And to be related to one, to to... I guess properly convey one, you have to have an all-around understanding of that dynamic. And I think that that takes time. If you are expected to churn out something to, to appease these social justice types, it never goes well. And comic fans, don't know if you guys are aware of this, <laughs> there's a lot of fucking racism among comic fans and sexism. There is, undoubtedly. And I, that might be another reason why they haven't done this yet. Like, and I can't blame them. Because when Iron Man came out, mm. same year as The Dark Knight, yes, comic book movies were becoming the largest medium, were, were on their way, at least, to becoming the most popular kind of movie in the world. They were getting there. Yeah. But they weren't there yet. A lot of people that yeah. were going, a lot of people that were making these movies, the millions of dollars that they were making, were the fans of the comics. 
And how much did you think they were going to want to see something that they couldn't identify with? Mm. Every move that Marvel has made has made sense so far. With the exception of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 when they made Ego the Living Planet into Star-Lord's father. Because fuck that plot point, it's stupid. But (laughs) everything else, pretty much. Okay, not everything else. We also have Thor the Dark World. Uh, I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to go on one of my patented squash rants (laughs) about the MCU's plot points. I think that they've made the right decisions, and I think that we got to give them the opportunity to, to be... To have a diverse cast. To introduce a diverse cast. Mm. The X-Men is the best, uh, the absolute pinnacle of diversity in comics. There is no other team more uh, diverse in background and ethnicity and sex than the X-Men. The X-Men has the baddest chicks of any team. And they're the most, I think they're the most ethnically diverse team as well. Bar Mm. none. So... Now that they own Fox, uh, or the um, they own 21st Century Fox, which is which owns 20th Century Fox, which owns the film rights to the X Men. Um, now that they own that, they have the chance to do some awesome stuff and to make and and to make some statements about society today that maybe they couldn't make ten years ago. Maybe and not just because they didn't own the X Men, but because they wouldn't have been successful if they made it ten years ago. Progress is a slow roll. Is a slow burn. It's a slow rolling mechanism oh, yeah. here. Well, I think like, honestly, it's a movie, and all of these movies are story driven. It's it's a story driven movie. If you don't make a good story, the movie's not going to be good. I don't understand. I, I don't really agree with the idea of forcing characters and diversity if you don't have a good story to back the story back it up. I don't. It's it's. Well, here's the problem that I I understand. (laughs) Yeah. Excuse me. Here's the biggest problem that I have with this instant gratification kind of culture that we have. And that is that you are taking, you want to make the argument that a female superhero, or let's say an African superhero or an Asian superhero can be as Mm -hmm. good as a white one. Right. And we all want that argument to pass. And it has black Panther blade, wonder woman, these are th- there is absolutely zero okay. argument to even suggest that they don't work. And let's get that out of the way right now. But when you have people at the helms of things trying to make these social statements that don't sometimes don't even need to be made, right? The Ghostbusters movie didn't make a statement that needed to be made at all. What what fucking guy went to the Ghostbusters movie and was like, "Yeah, wow. You know what? <laughs> Ladies can be Ghostbusters." And I get it. That's not why they made the movie. They made the movie because they wanted something for girls to identify with. Little girls to identify with. Uh, and women to... Yeah, they, they wanted something. But Ghostbusters? Why? Why that? A superhero makes way more sense than that. Or a fucking... Maybe like a military movie with an all-female cast. Something that really subverts the expectations that the audience oh, has. Gosh. Because that's how you make your point is by subverting expectations. So I just, this is a dumb, this is a dumb argument. It's evolving at a perfectly good pace, as long as the MCU is watchable. Mm. They have good story, 
and they're moving in the direction of diversity. I think it's fantastic. And they don't nix the dialogue for their female characters. They never have, and they never fucking will. That's important to me, is that sometimes they give certain people dumb lines. You can tell the racism, or the bias, rather, or bigotry of a screenwriter based on the words they give to certain kinds of people. Yeah. As a habit. And I've never known the MCU to ever purposefully make a woman or a minority stupid. They, they've they never done that. So I just, yeah, I think they're doing fine. I think they're ahead of the game, honestly. They're doing better than I think uh, we should ever have expected them to on this front. <laughs> and we should just see what happens. Yeah. Moving on. Because, wow, this podcast is longer than I thought it was going to be. Fuck. Good topics this week. Yeah. More political social news. John Oliver's rules for engagement for the golden age of internet shaming. So, if you're aware mm. of this, and I probably have this problem if I ever get notorious at all, any amount of notoriety, is that somebody's going to go back through these podcasts and they're going to find something out of context that I said, and they're going to be like, hey, your boy's a racist. Your boy's a sexist. Uh, they're going to call the sponsors that I have on my million viewer podcast <laughs> and uh and i'm gonna lose everything right mm-hmm. this is prototypical oh, yeah. prototypical yeah, of people <laughs> in this generation here are his rules because he thinks that we're not picking our battles too well us lefties aren't picking our battles too well one mm-hmm. consider the context of the story and the potential consequences <laughs> simple enough right mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, like like when you'd think it would happen, but no. <laughs> you, you you would think or two. Ask yourself: Is this person's behavior hurting others, and will that behavior only change with public attention? Mm. That's a pretty good point. Three. Ask yourself: Should we use a person's name? How much power do they have? Do they have a soul patch? I, I wasn't there to hear that joke. It didn't land uh, in the article. It landed about as well as. Uh, Never mind. I'm not going to make that joke. It's one of the things that they would pull pull back and be like, hey, your boy's an insensitive prick. I don't need that five years down the line, Luke. I just don't. Four, <laughs> make sure the punishment is proportioned to the original offense. Mm. This is obvious. Like, the, what? <sighs> okay. I, I hate it when people are willingly dumb. Right? Like, there are idiots who are just fucking idiots because that that was their environment, right? We grew up in the sticks, Luke. We know some people like that. They grew up in the sticks. All they know are sticks. Oh, they know trees. You see, they see a desert, they fucking freak out. If they see the ocean, they freak out. If it's not involved in the timber industry, then fuck it. And red, white, and blue is their color palette and camouflage. Yeah. So, but it's people who are quote-unquote woke. Uh, <laughs> I hate that fucking word, Luke. I hate it so much. Um, that purposefully, I guess, dumbed down their intellectual capabilities that are the most frustrating because they have the uh, opportunity to not be stupid. These are basic rules, right? In any, not just, not just like online shaming situations. This is literally any situation. Somebody makes a joke at your work that you don't like, right? 
Like, I have heart disease. Somebody at work makes a joke about having a stroke. First of all, that wouldn't offend me at all because I make those jokes twice as often as I'm sure he does. <laughs> but, am I, if, if that did offend me, who's, who's the joke really hurting, right? Is it worth the confrontation? Yeah. No, it's not. Or, or like when somebody freaked out because I, juxt, I juxtaposed cancer uh, to make a point, right? So we were talking about how I had my head shaven a couple years back, um, and somebody at my work, a customer, I was a cashier at Walmart, for those of you that don't know, came through my line and suggested that perhaps I shouldn't have that haircut because of the statement that it makes. This was near the time of the Charlottesville riots and all of that business. So they basically just said, hey, you look like a Nazi, so grow some fucking hair. <laughs> when you could infer just as... Just as legitimately that I had cancer. You could. It wasn't even a joke. And they just blew up. They were like, how dare you make fun of cancer to make your stupid point? Like, what are you talking about? I, I just said the word cancer. If you writhe and scream at, at a word, then you have no hope. Zero. Absolutely no fucking hope. That is absurd. And we suck at it. Our generation sucks at these simple things. Simple analysis. Everybody has to have a fucking cause and fight everything and make their life as dramatic as humanly goddamn possible. Oh, yeah. Now, Luke, my question to you is why do you think that is? I don't, I don't understand. Like, have you read this? Have you watched this video? I haven't watched the video here because um, it's, okay. it's, it's from his show, isn't it? Yeah, it's from his show. And I read the article. All of his all of his shows are fantastic. They like, are. Um, I like John Oliver. Don't get me wrong, by the way. But this isn't a slam on yeah. John Oliver for putting this into his show. It's just that well, I don't... It, it, it burdens yeah. me uh, emotionally that we live in a world where he had to put this into his show. He felt like it was something oh, that he had really? to address. Well, he talked... He, he interviews Monica Lewinsky at the end of the, uh, the uh, show. Yes. And it's really interesting because he talks to Monica Lindsay about how over over stressed her, how shamed she was and how publicly shamed she was and how long she was publicly shamed for something that like wasn't her fault specifically and really wasn't anything to do with her and how drastically she was affected in her life because of this. It's 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 pretty interesting. I don't know. Yeah. See, and I just, I, I don't know how I feel about, because shaming something that is awful is fine, right? But everybody has a different yeah. idea of what that is. And this is where the argument gets complicated. But I think that, generally speaking, the moderate base of people has this down. It's the loud minorities on the left and the right that are really fueling this whole thing, right? And I think that part of it is that we, we validate so much of our own of ourselves based on public reaction that's the social media age right and the, the other thing is that we we live in a in a world we didn't really grow up in this luke but i mm -hmm. think social media plays a big part of this uh into this because i mean internet shaming is borderline worse than the in-person variety because it's there and it's always there you can't oh, yeah. How do you, you, you can't really fight it. Disappear. Yeah. 
And uh, and the other thing is that generations like ours, ours was told that we could shoot for the moon, and we mm. could be there. You know, we were we were told that we were special, that we could change, that we could we could move mountains. And I know this because this is the story of almost every kid like myself. I got told that I, you know, I had, you know, the brain, I had this massive brain and I could do, I, I could change the world if I wanted to. The world was my oyster and that isn't how things panned out. <laughs> and now people are like, well, you go from, you go from that high to that low so fast and suddenly you get real confused about things. And I think that there's a level of entitlement that these people have. Because they're told that they're special, right? So my opinions must be special too. You know, yeah. my my feelings must have some intellectual property. And they don't mm. sometimes. And we have to accept that. We all get a we mm. all get angry or sad over irrational shit. Right? Like, for instance, mm. Futurama, the dog episode, and then Fry's older brother, that episode. The, the, the one about the older brother, I cry every fucking yeah. time I watch that. And I know several people who are like, oh, I can't watch the dog episode, I'll cry. I can't do that. It's a cartoon. We cry. Yeah. It's not rational. Yeah, it tells a great mm. story. It's a beautiful story. But we cry over fictional characters doing... And the thing is that <laughs> it doesn't have to be rational, right? That's what emotion is. Emotion, oh, yeah. they're like, it's like a knee drink, a knee, a knee drink, fuck me, knee jerk, uncontrollable response. And yeah. that doesn't, that, that shouldn't be indicative um, of who we are as people, right? We shouldn't go with that all the time, but we're being conditioned mm. to go with that all of the time. Like this makes you feel this kind of thing. Well, go with that, I guess. You know, tell them how you feel, even if it doesn't make any goddamn sense. We're, we're becoming pansies, <laughs> <laughs> to put it lightly. And I think social media is the primary issue here. And I'm not saying, and I'm not saying stop well, watching this podcast. You, if you stop watching this podcast, I swear to God, I'll, I'll I'm not, I won't do anything. I'll just, I'll just keep threat, going. I'll keep going along viewers, my merry way. Yeah, there you go. Uh, share it on your social media platforms with your friends so we can make them insecure, I guess. <laughs> um, I think social media and the internet are a main driving cause of this. I mean, we, people have talked about this for years, but like the, the resonation and how it resonates between people, people see other people who have their same views and they started expressing their own views, putting this online. Are you familiar with Jim Jeffries? Yeah, of course. He has one of my favorite skits on this exact thing. He says something along <laughs> the lines of, okay, back in the 1890s, a guy that fucked pigs was weird and he knew, and he knew it. He knew he was weird. <laughs> but now you can go online and join a pig fucking community and suddenly you feel less weird because you've communicated with, communicated with other insane people. Now, I'm not saying that pig mm. fucking and... Your political affiliation are even close to as drastic as one another. <laughs> but uh, what I am saying is that echo chambering is real and it's oh, dangerous. Yeah. It's not good. In the least bit. Well, it's like, like Monica Lewinsky. Like, if that scandal happened without technology, 
a smaller group of people would have known about it, would have been able to react to it, and would have been able to shame her about it. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, the thing is that dialogue is important, right? And shaming mm. sometimes takes takes a part in dialogue. But I think that the other... This is the boy who cried wolf thing, right? Like, oh, yeah. if you're going to bitch yeah. about everything, how severe are the things that you're bitching about, actually? <laughs> like, really? Yeah. Uh, every time that somebody makes a joke that you don't agree with, do you actually sit in your bed, cry, and shove fucking peanut butter and celery down your throat? I don't know what the fuck they do. I just like, do you let do you let the? I, I don't know. What how how do you deal yeah. with that if that is actually indicative of your suffering? How, mm. how how do you fucking live? How do you go to the store and see non-vegan oh, yeah. foods out there? <laughs> Like, oh my god. Meat? They killed the chicken? Yes, I killed a chicken and I ate it. I ate it ass. It was delicious. It was fantastic. Yeah. Noob killer in the Discord says the following. We're way over becoming pansies. We're full on. Nobody say anything. We must speak in emojis because they can't hurt anyone. Now just delete the monkey gun and poop emojis first. <laughs> Um, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, here's the other thing about that is that I think that, you know, we have these arguments and so much of YouTube and Twitch and I guess social media, like content creation culture in general, is revolving around these kinds of arguments and these kinds of characterizations. I don't believe that the majority of the left feels this way. I'm a leftist myself, and I know I don't fall into this category, but, uh, you know... It needs to be addressed. These behaviors need to be addressed because we get into it's it's a mob mentality thing, right? And you know, we're, mm. we're our our bad behaviors are being validated by other people, uh, and that doesn't create that doesn't mean that what the wrong thing that you're doing is right. It doesn't. That's why so many. That's why so many of these YouTubers, Chris Ray Gunn, for for instance, he's a he's a left leaning kind of centristish guy, kind of like I am. And he does super well because he, you know, he toes the line with that stance and he doesn't pull the punches on either end of this political spectrum. It doesn't have to be convenient when you're pragmatic. Yeah. So, Luke, can you think of a time in your life when you, I guess, were offended by something that somebody had said? And I hope to God it wasn't me that said it, but if it was, be honest. And you just bit your tongue. I mean, I don't know. My my entire all of high school and junior high was like all kind of like I don't know. I wouldn't say offended to a point at which I was biting my tongue, but by the time I got to the point where I would be offended. Nothing affected me. Nothing anyone could say would actually like stir me at all. I, I don't know. That's kind of weird to say, but like it's. There's not much I can be offended by just because See, that's a very was... that's a very interesting process. I think psychologists let me Google this real quick. I think psychologists call it maturity. I think <laughs> that's I think that's the word. I, am I pronouncing that right? <laughs> Somebody in chat confirm, please. 
we <laughs> this is the this is the thing is that we're we are raising children to continue being children no <laughs> for teenagers to continue their their nihilistic self um i guess self-pity adolescent phases we're telling them oh, yeah. that that's legitimate we're telling them that that is that these feelings that you're having are things that you shouldn't it's, it's not that i want them to feel shame it's not what i want from them oh no yeah what i what i would like to see is people starting to kind of let some of this crap roll off of their shoulders a bit and just take oh, a deep breath God. and be like okay you know i'm still me I have crafted myself into a person that yeah. is worthwhile and I don't need this person's validation. Work customer service. <laughs> everybody on the gut. Go. I hear people who are like, everybody shouldn't listen to the military for a year. Fuck that. Everybody should work retail. Every last yeah. one of you oh, yeah. should Someone work should, retail. should work customer service, man. Customer service. It's always an adventure. <clears throat> I don't know. I think it's, yeah. So I went on my fucking tirade, the, the third or fourth <laughs> one of the of the day, not including ones that I had before I went live, <laughs> and the ones that I will yeah. have after. But basically, just fucking be an adult. <laughs> there we go. There's the golden rule. Grow up. Yeah. There's there's situations that I get into where I I like make a joke or something around someone I know and then they get like super offended at the joke. I, I don't know. It's just, it's just the way I was, I came up and the way I was as raised a, and the as way a matter I of went fact, high school. Like, yeah. Yeah. Let so, me go ahead and address the other end of this too. Cause there's another side to this that I see. I see a lot of people in my chat. Uh, and, and in fact, it's, I don't know if any of you in here are guilty of this, but you say some insane shit. Right. And the behavior. So on one hand, you shouldn't be oversensitive. Right. Yeah. On the other hand, you should curb your insensitivity for people who you care about. And in situations where maybe things like that aren't warranted. If yeah, somebody yeah. in your life, I have a sibling who is non-binary. Mm -hmm. I am trying and I'm going to fuck up the pronouns at least once before this conversation is over. Because they they were my sister for twenty plus years, and now oh, yeah, and I think they're yeah, my sibling. They're them. For my sibling, I am willing to give them that courtesy. And people in general, right? If they're mm -hmm. the thing is that the, most people they're not demanding this of you, right? You do get instances like that where there's a guy in the fucking GameStop or whoever. Uh, I guess, ma'am, in the GameStop, for those how of you who have seen that video. That, yeah. yeah, where it's like, how dare you for making an inference <clears throat> about their gender. But I think, yeah. we need to treat each other with some level of dignity. And the mm -hmm. part of maturing is accepting that, hey, I can be an asshole sometimes. Maybe maybe mm -hmm. this person is sensitive about this for a reason, right? There there are two sides to this coin, and both sides need to adjust because there are people who are out there being assholes for the sake of being assholes no, yeah. as opposed to... Like, I made some jokes at Walmart that pissed some people off, right? Because I grew up in the middle of nowhere where you can say anything yeah. that you want. 
And I get to a place like that and I'm like, okay, I'm going to curb myself in this environment. Yeah. Or with friends. Like if somebody heard me make a nose joke to you. Oh, yeah. They might think that I was making some kind of, I mean, I mean, you're not Jewish, right? (laughs) Because they could pull that inference out of there. They, but it's, uh, you know, and it might seem they might be like, okay, that's completely fucked up. But. You don't know the context of my relationship with this individual, right? Don't third party my shit. It's like yeah. a like I had Which a tirade about yeah. I had a buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> when I lived in Forks, uh, he was black, and he used to, um, call me. Uh, what was it? Not the hard R N word hops, but he used basically a. N-I-G-G-A hops. And the reason why he called me that is because I had a really fucking high jump. And I subverted the whole white guys can't jump stereotype, I suppose. So, that's what he <laughs> called me. Uh, I don't mind. Nobody should mind. I respected the nickname. And it's something <laughs> that he and I shared. And that nobody gets to take that from us. Yeah. And the, by, by the way, that carried over into Mossy Rock, too. <laughs> it definitely carried over into Mossy Rock. Is it, <laughs> I was called that throughout my entirety in high school. But it's like, we need to just kind of calm down a little bit. Take a deep breath. Just, uh, okay. Is irrational anger really the, really the thing I should shoot for right now? That's or the exact point right there. Should, like- I go, should I go along my day? And just eat, piss, shit, and sleep, and be happy. Yeah, I think there's a there's a there's a happy medium where you're not going through irrational anger and not being ridiculous about it, and you're choosing to just let it roll off your shoulders and make it simpler and easier, and make the entire experience more enjoyable for everyone. And there's also another side of the spectrum where you're not taking constant shit about random stuff that's not your fault or something like that. Right. Like, uh, there was a happy medium in there, but like, yeah. Mm hmm. It's the difference between being called out by somebody because you used a racial slur and mm. being called out by somebody because you called somebody bruh and you appropriated the word. There's a difference. <laughs> Acknowledge it. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess with that we should probably move on because we spent quite a bit on this one um, or I did really I, I apologize chat for taking my sweet fucking time but uh, Bethesda here's another here's another gaming story here mm. E3 2019 press conference is set for June 9th Luke do you think that Doom Eternal is going to save them from the Fallout 76 fucking uh, awfulness yeah <laughs> I mean, eventually they'll claw, claw their way back, but we'll see when it happens. I don't know if it's going to be this time. Noob Killer just says nope in the Discord <laughs> chat. Okay. Uh, so, nope. uh, but they have grappling hooks in Doom Eternal. That's got to count for something, right? Right, chat? High five. Uh, so, <laughs> they've got a. This, I don't even know what to say here. I don't know why I put this in here. Um. <laughs> But uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood, Starfield, Elder Scrolls Six, you know, you know, maybe uh, mm-hmm. maybe maybe something will change. But man, they had a rough year last year. 
E I'm definitely, what I want to do this year, guys, is I want to live stream watching E3. Live. Oh, nice. That's my plan. That'd be good shit. Yeah, because I, I mean, after last year, after all of that shit, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I, I just want to see how they're all going to fucking clean up the mess that they made. All these devs. <laughs> oh my god. Particularly Bethesda. I'm most interested in how Bethesda is like... Are they, are they going to send Todd Howard up on stage to be like, all right, guys, we know we messed up last year, so what I want to tell you is that Elder Scrolls 76 is coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God. Coming soon to your, uh, to your microwave. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, I am pumped for Doom Eternal. To, I, I, I'm, I'm amped for that game. I'm a little pumped for Wolfenstein Youngblood. Starfield, I'm... Really excited about, and of course, Elder Scrolls Six gives it makes me chub to even think about that. So, yeah, just keep your eyes open. June 9th of twenty nineteen, Bethesda will present. And moving on from there to another Bethesda-related story. It's not really about Bethesda, but it's about a dev that's uh, often talked about when you talk about Bethesda. Uh, okay, The Outer Worlds, a game being developed by the creators of Fallout seventy uh, Fallout. Uh, New Vegas, excuse me, is going to be released on Epic Games 12 months earlier than any other platform. And the Windows Store. And it'll also be on Xbox and PS4. So you remember when I said that console exclusives are gonna gonna die out at some point, Luke? Remember, do you remember, remember when I said that a few podcasts ago? <laughs> Yeah, they're, right? they're not really Deja. dying out; they're mutating. Mm. You have to download my launcher now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good God. Um, okay. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna be. Um. What? What do you call it? Distributor exclusives. Mm. What do you think of that? Interesting. Interesting. I mean. Platform exclusives are kind of crabby and kind of suck, just like Halo did. But like, I think distributed exclusives aren't necessarily as detrimental. Because like, I have Steam and Epic Games on my computer, and I can download from both sites. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I guess my whole thing is I don't I don't understand it. Like I don't like I. Well, I understand why they would choose Epic, right? Epic has a better distri distribution rate than <clears throat> um, than Steam does. And yeah. Discord has the best one, right? But mm -hmm. um, why would they even bother releasing them on other platforms 12 months later? That's the part that throws me off. Like, what is anybody yeah, really going to wait a year? Because I'm. By the way, actually, this is a, this isn't a rhetorical question. This is legitimate. Because I know some people that are like, okay, Epic Games is tied very close to the moral values of the Chinese government. I will not support that company. Well, you have the Windows Store that they can buy from, but why would it come out on any other digital platform after that? What's the point? Like what? I. I guess the I only thing that I could see is if you wanted to throw it out on another platform like Steam that does that has very successful sales near the time when the winter sale occurs or the summer sale. Be like, hey, oh, yeah. Outer Worlds is now on Steam and it's on sale. And then you would sell a lot of copies mm -hmm. 
after the interest has died down. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's kind of an interesting point. I don't know, because... Hmm. And Noobkiller makes a very good point in the Discord chat. If you install a Ubisoft game from Steam, you you still download Uplay with it. Because it's a launcher. Yeah. And yeah, and Epic, they do 88.12 on, you know, distribution rates. So they make yeah. more money from Epic. And Epic, you know, has more people who have it downloaded right now because of Fortnite and and among other things. Pretty insane. So I uh, I get it. It's just definitely interesting. I know some people that are definitely uh, opposed to uh, to this. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why competition would be detrimental in any way, really. Well, you know, you never know. We'll just have to wait and see. It I depends mean, on if Epic this, yeah. has any controversies before the game releases. So, if there's any oh, controversies Jesus. about their policies... Or about data mining, or anything crazy like that, then they should fucking back out of that contract. But you know, if if it all goes well, just fucking do it. Just do it. Do it, goddamn you. Just get the game out. I want to play it. We go. have. That's I guess we job. only really have one more story here, right? Just the. Uh... Yeah. All right. So here we go, guys. Down the rabbit hole. J. K. Rowling. All right, ladies and gentlemen, she is one of the is one of the if not the most successful author ever. I mean, she's up there. I think she was at, she was the first billionaire author to ever live, I believe. And uh, you know, it makes sense. Super successful children's series that adults love mm-hmm. and that children grow up with and oh, yeah. pass on to their children. It was a recipe for greatness <laughs> basically she needs to she, she needs to shut the hell up <laughs> um okay i would i oh mm. all right so i my one of my first aspirations and i've said this before one of my very first aspirations in fact probably the first one was that i wanted to be an author i was obsessed with uh, stories like Lord of the Rings, the Aragon books, uh, watching things like Avatar The Last Airbender. I love high fantasy, and I love fantasy in general. So I always wanted to be an author, and science fiction would bleed into that later on. And I think an important thing, you have to know what details to not include. That might be one of the top ten most important things when you're writing something. You don't have to describe each blade of grass. Right? And everybody knows that. So, J.K. Rowling has had this habit. It's called it's called a very bad habit. It's like an addiction. It's like, like, like an alcohol addiction, right? She grabs her phone every now and then, and she she's like, you know what? I think Dumbledore's gay. And then she tells everybody, you know what? Dumbledore is now gay. Not a problem. That was a tamer controversy. Despite the fact that she never mentioned it in any of the Harry Potter books, and it just seemed like a desperate attempt to get brownie points with the uh, progressive left. With that crowd. But we accepted it, because it's okay. It's okay if he's gay. And it became a plot point in future books. 
Then, the Fantastic Beasts comes out. Then people are frustrated that uh, Grindelwald and Dumbledore's relationship wasn't explored a bit better, right? Because he's gay, and why didn't that why didn't that show a bit? So, <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. Oh, uh, so <laughs> yeah, because everybody because everybody has the authority on what a gay relationship looks like because all gay relationships are made equal. <laughs> but let's move on from there. She went ahead and, and elaborated on what their relationship was. Saucy, all right. Whoa. So basically, what she says is that their relationship was incredibly intense, passionate, and a love relationship. <laughs> oh, I'm getting a phone call. Oh, dear. It's from the brother. Ryan, where are you? Yo, you want to give me some McDonald's, bro? Look, Chad, this is legit. He's getting me. He's getting me McDonald's. All right. Uh, yo, could, could I get a? Could I get a Big Mac? Uh, or like a couple Big Macs, if that's possible. Yeah, and if not, that just give me like three McDoubles or something like yeah. Yeah, this is going into the podcast, by the way. Hell yeah, bro. Hell yeah, we're on the podcast yeah. right now. We're ordering McDonald's on the podcast. On the hey, chat, you guys want anything? No? <laughs> I want you to, I'm going to put you on speaker so you can say that to my chat. Say it. Buy for your co-hosts, but not for, not for chat. He'll buy Sorry. for my co-hosts, but, he'll, but he won't buy for chat. All right, Ryan, it was nice talking to you, but we will see you next week. This has been... Oh, hell yeah. The, the, the Ryan, the, the Ryan segment. Okay. I thought he was, like, outside the house and got locked out or something, but nope. He's like, hey, you want a McDonald's? Okay, I'll take some McDonald's. See? Okay, I'll so... Take it, man. That was a nice little break mm -hmm. in this rant that I'm gonna go on. <laughs> um, now, now, the question is, where was I? Fuck. Oh, yeah! She said their relationship was incredibly intense. It was a passionate and a love relationship implying sex. That's Why did you have to say that? He said they had her, like, and the thing is that people now are like, well, now she said that, and now she's like devolving all gay relationships to kinky sex. You're the one that asked for more details. She gave you them. I'm as pissed off at the people who are demanding more details as I am at her for saying them. Don't feed them. Don't feed them this shit. There are, you don't have to know everything about every character. You just don't. Like it's mm. like the when the story ends, it should end naturally. There shouldn't have been anything after the seventh book. It's like the fucking uh, the Star Wars Episode Six. There shouldn't have been prequel movies. There shouldn't have been any new ones. <laughs> I like them. I like the new ones. Don't get me wrong here, but it ended. It was over. Hooray! Yeah. Let's make something else. No, uh, no, no. We can't. We can't. What are you talking about, man? Making something new. That's ridiculous. Where the That's fuck true. do you think you work? <laughs> reboot, reboot this, reboot that. <laughs> Extend the Skywalker family. Uh, bring in a new, a new old, fucking raisin-looking Sith Lord. Just fuck. God damn it! It is uninspiring to have people like this. Yeah. At the top. This is so, and this is a bad habit. 
Like, J.K. Rowling, you need to go to rehab, right? Here's an example. Uh, somebody on Twitter asked her, right, if there were any Jewish students at Hogwarts. You're not going to fucking believe. I mean, if you already know about this, then you, you, you believe it. But <laughs> she replied to this tweet with Anthony Goldstein, Ravenclaw, Jewish wizard. I didn't even... Did the bitch have to choose Goldstein? <laughs> Why? Oh, God. You can tell she's just pulling it out of thin air. And that's a problem. You're an author. Yeah. It's important to care about your source material, and that's what bugs me so much about this. It's like she doesn't give a crap. She's just looking to get brownie points with people. Mm. I I hate I, it. Mm. I can't stand it. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Um, you know, I understand. She's written a lot of material for Harry Potter. Plot holes are inevitable. But don't go out <laughs> of your way to add things just to appease people that they've already bought your book, dude. They already yeah, they don't really need already appeasing. watched your movies. <laughs> Why do you have to pet them like a? Like a diseased, injured cat. Like, oh, it's gonna be okay. There was a Jewish wizard in Hogwarts. It's gonna be okay. Are you okay, Snookum? It's gonna be okay. <laughs> there is value. And the other thing that I that I don't appreciate about this. Because it's not, honestly, this what she said about Dumbledore and, and Grindelwald is the least bothersome thing I've ever heard. It doesn't bother me at all. And I think mm -hmm. that it's the people replying to her that are really the fools of the situation. But I think it's important to end a story naturally because it allows the imagination of the reader to continue. Yeah, of course. And when you are quashing everybody's ideas about a character through too many details, it, I think it harms the story to some degree, especially a children's story. Mm. You should allow yeah. a kid to become invested in a character and to make of them kind of what they want sometimes. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't have gay characters in children's books, by the way. I'm saying that to retroactively retcon your character, because no, yeah. I don't believe that he was gay the whole time. I think that she's full of shit when she says that. Because if that was a major plot point, she wouldn't have hit it. It yeah. would have been part of the narrative. It would have played into it somehow. Maybe Voldemort, because Grindelwald was gay and failed, grew some bias about them. Like, hey, maybe they're weak like the muggles are. Who knows? Who knows what she could have done with that? But she didn't do anything with it. So I don't believe that. Of course she did. It was in the early 2000s. She's not going to do anything with gay people. She's... Yeah. So, uh, no. Yeah. These are... Very, very bad, bad excuses. And, you know, it's not doing her any favors. She's aiming for brownie points. Thank you, DJ Rocket Racer, in the Twitch chat for the 40 bits, by the way. Uh, this is the longest podcast in this series on record so far, so... <laughs> Dope. But, Luke, what do you... How do you feel about retcon behavior? I just really wish this would never have happened. I don't, I, it's, it's the same thing with like 
it's the same thing we talked about with uh, Marvel Universe and um, diversity. Like, it's a story-driven medium. You wrote the story. It was a fantastic story. You don't need to go back and change things to make it more inclusive. <laughs> right. People already loved your work on the basis that it, it was that. Well, it was like, like the Marvel Universe. Let's go ahead and harken back to that story a little bit. Oh, yeah. People love Marvel. And it's not because it's diverse, it's because the story was solid, right? But they're taking steps yeah. in the direction of diversity without retconning already existing canon, right? Well, yeah, this, is, so, this, unlike Marvel, is not continuing. Granted, there is the, the new movies that have come out, but like... They're prequels. The, yeah. And then they, they did have like, a play. They did have a play about Harry's kid. But that is canon. But... Uh, no, it's just, if you're going to add details to a character, you shouldn't do it during a speech at Cambridge or wherever it is that she released <laughs> Dumbledore's thing or over Twitter. Randomly. You should do it in the story. You really should. Yeah. Because that's going to be organic. It's going to be a surprise. Your, your readers are, and it won't feel like a retcon, you know, because no. you, I mean, you really can't call the Dumbledore thing a retcon, right? But what you can infer is that he wasn't intended to be a gay character. He wasn't intended to have a sexuality because his relationship wasn't a part of his characterization at that point. So yeah. he wasn't anything. He wasn't. Yeah. So, yeah. And, it, you know, it, it just doesn't feel good. It feels it's it's kind of shameful. To. Yeah. yeah, I just I don't I don't like that. I don't like how inorganic it feels. Uh, and this is uh, for those of you that love to write that want to create paracosms and worlds for other people to enjoy. This is a, this is a very good lesson as to what not to do. When you write, focus heavily on the details that you, that matter. And don't worry about the ones that don't write something, you know, elaborate things that add to the story. If you want to talk about a tree, that's just still, why would you do that? You should talk about a tree that's moving with the wind. Go talk about things that are impactful to some degree. Yeah. But to retroactively insert sexuality into a character that didn't have any. Just just because you can is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's just not, not worth it. So I'm gonna look. I'm gonna take one more look at the Discord chat really quick. Uh oh, Discord just pooped on my phone. Pooped on my phone. God damn you. Oh, okay. Shit. So he says, Noobkiller says retcons are all dependent on how they are used. When it properly adds details about events from other perspectives or revealing hidden details of things that were only looked over briefly, they work. This there. I mean, another beautiful example of this bullshit is the Last Jedi because it was a retcon movie. That's what it did and that's the only purpose it really served was to just retcon everything that happened in, in the, the force awakens and it didn't feel good mm. it left a bad taste in my mouth yeah um mm. yeah it's just useless it's useless it's just words that she's spewing out they, they don't have impact basically like, I think it would have been a lot... I think it's a lot cooler when somebody is sitting in their room 
you know, a kid might be on their phone looking at Twitter and they find out there was a Jewish Harry Potter character and they're like, wow, that's awesome, right? But how cool would it have been if that Jewish Harry Potter character had a line story or was in the book or contributed somehow? mm, Too late for that. But it's okay that it's too late for that because it's from a different time and the detail didn't matter. Mm Mm-hmm. Nubikilla asks, wait, Ron was a ginger the whole time? How dare you use the ginger word? (laughs) That is not your word. (laughs) But no, I don't have any, I don't have anything else to say. I'm just disappointed. Basically. Definitely. Um, I think I sound like a disappointed dad right now. I'm just like, wow, really? God. You really (laughs) screwed that up, didn't you, kid? I didn't raise you that way. (laughs) Think about what you've done. All right, ladies and gents. Um, so, here's the closing bit here, which uh, oh, when you go to the other screen, ta-da! The podcast is now on an app called Anchor. It's going to be on Anchor, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple, and hopefully Google Play soon. And basically, on Anchor specifically, you can send us voice messages and questions and such. And as a matter of fact, if I get my mixer set up properly, you could do that during the stream. Theoretically. And I could answer questions from subs. Or whatever it is. You can send them during the week if you have topics that you want to bring up that are very specific. If you need advice, anything like that. I'm interested in what you guys have to say. So if you download the app, by the way, the audio quality on Anchor is way better than Spotify. How Spotify found a way to make podcasts sound like crap, I'm not entirely (laughs) certain, but Anchor is better, Apple is better, SoundCloud are all better than Spotify. But still up there if that's what you want to use. Um, This is a great little broadcast here. Nearly two hours? Good stuff. Yeah, and I might might nix the community section for tonight. Because food is on the way. (laughs) Food. And... It's kind of late, and somebody just went to bed. Don't want to keep them up too long. So, uh, yeah. Just for the sake of being respectful, because we usually end about between 30 to 50 minutes earlier than we did tonight. I'm going to go ahead and cut it off here. Although normally, if you're listening on a different platform, normally we live stream this, twitch.tv slash the squash uh, Saturdays at 7 p.m. I fucked that up three or four times last week. <laughs> Saturdays at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we hang out with chat afterwards. We just sit, they put, they send me articles and videos and stuff to watch and we just kind of shoot the shit for a bit. Let some of the subs hop into the, into the voice chat as well. But for now, the podcast is over. We will see you guys next weekend. Luke, any final words? No. Just I, mean, that, I mean, that is a final word. You just created a paradox. Uh, shit. Yeah, you're the, the science man. Mode. You can't be making paradoxes. <laughs> you're, you're the last guy they're going to send to the past to, to kill Hitler. The last guy. Damn. Ah, damn. <laughs> All right. It was a great show tonight. Thank you guys for hanging out for Good a while shit. during my rants. And thank you, Luke, for putting up with that. I need to I need to figure out how to not rant as much and to get you involved a bit more because I'm like really bad at that. Uh, oh, it's a good conversation, man. But I appreciate your time and the effort. Nice.
Good shit. We will see you next week, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, at twitch.tv slash the squash. Thank you for being hot. And, uh, yeet.